0: Worship team, worship team, where are you, worship team? Donna, Bobby, worship team, earth to worship team. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh we, we turned it on, we
0: turned it on. It's so hot <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here today. It is a good day to be alive, and it is a good day to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Stand with us, please. Stand to your feet. Let's praise the Lord together.
2: today. If you believe that, would you say amen? Amen. All right. Now, if there's something that's kind of chasing your joy away today, I want you to just lay it down. I want you to give it to God, let him take care of it. Probably you're not going to fix it in the next hour yourself. So let God handle it because he is more than capable of handling it. We're glad you're here today. Good to see everyone in the house of the Lord where there's joy and glad for those who are tuning in uh, by the live stream method of the YouTube and Facebook and hope that Uh, God will bless us mightily today. In fact, uh, there's joy in the house of the Lord because the Lord's here, and so that's why we can be joyful in no matter what circumstance we find ourselves. So let's go to him right now and ask him to be the guest of honor. Our Father, we bow in your presence this morning, so grateful and thankful for the joy that we have in Christ, thankful that you love us, thankful that you were willing to die on the cross and that you rose again after three days and that you're coming back for us again one of these days, no matter what we go through in this life, no matter what trials and difficulties we face, everything, absolutely everything is gonna be made right one day. So we thank you for that. Pray your blessings upon everything that's said and done in this place, we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you, You may be seated. And if you are our first time guest here, and I got to meet a couple, we're so thankful to have you with us. And if you would do us the honor of, and the favor of taking one of these cards in the seat back in front of you, it's a, a connection card. We'd like to connect with you. And if you would take a few moments and fill that out at the end of the service, you can give it to our greeters, you can give it to me, you can give it to my wife, or you can put it in the offering box that is to the left of the double doors. That's where our members put their tithes and offerings. And so we would have a record then of your visit, and we promise we won't harass you. We're just glad that you're here. Hope you'll come back and be with us again very, very soon. A couple of announcements. A uh, summary of the names of... Jehovah God today, kind of a summary or review, and then a military meal today, and uh, Ryan, where are you, bud? Is that going to be next door or here? Right here, on the patio, right after church, about 1130 for active military families, and we're glad they're you're here. Check out the bulletin for Bible studies being held this week. No men's breakfast this Saturday. Uh, It's Labor Day weekend coming up, so there will not be a men's breakfast uh, next Sunday, Uh, because of labor day we are doing a great work is the name of the message from the prophet nehemiah uh, on labor day so hope you'll come and be part of that let me share what i wrote in the bulletin article two weeks ago it says i mentioned humility in my sermon the bible college mantra against moral failure was watch out for money women and pride or put another way watch out for gold girls and glory On Monday, I read the following. After making that statement, last Monday, I read this. Wise people remain humble. Humility and teachability go together. Be humble or you'll stumble. Humility begins by simply realizing you're not God. And whenever you get stressed, repeat this to yourself. God is God and I'm not. That's humility. If you don't realize that you're not God, you're not being a humble Christian. Plus, you have visions of grandeur that's way beyond us. The Bible says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Do you have the goal of becoming a, wise, a wiser person? Spend time with God. You'll become wiser in building relationships, managing money, handling conflict, diffusing problems, and dealing with all kinds of other challenges in life and ministry. The Bible tells us the fear of God is the school in skilled living. First you learn humility, then you experience glory, Proverbs 15, 33 in the message. Let's double down on humbling ourselves before the Lord. That way, he doesn't have to do it. And speaking of humbling yourself, no, Terry Miller will not be preaching today. Too many of you enjoyed his message last week. <clears throat> so um, I, I, he was supposed to slide over in the corner, uh, but no, no. It is, I am so thankful for him filling in. I heard great things about that. And thanks to, to the farmers for the marriage conference yesterday God's doing some incredible things here at First Baptist Church. We are so blessed. Uh, one of the neat things that we get to do is take part in missionaries as they go do the work of missions. And we are honored to have one of our newer missionaries with us tonight, Sarah, or today, Sarah Simmons. Would you come, Sarah, and share with us a little report about what God's doing in Sarah's life, okay?
1: Thank you so much. Um... Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, so a few years ago, when I returned from East Asia, it was actually unexpected, um, and it was actually disappointing, and um, I was actually planning to be there long-term. I was in a specific country in East Asia, which I can't name, Um, and so that was really hard, Um, and I was like, you know, where does God want me to go next, you know? And so um, these last few years, you know, I've been here, and it's been great, like, um, and, yeah, and last year, uh God really led me into a new ministry which which is really amazing like it just like fits it fits the language that I'm fluent in because after I was living in East Asia and um yeah so it fits that and it fits my heart like my skills my heart like and so it's just really cool I'm I'm really happy to be able to share it um I'm now going to be training missionaries um who are East Asians and I'm going to be training them in that language. Um, and I'm teaching linguistics, basically. So there's, there's a lot of these, um, uh, these Christians that want to be missionaries, even to other countries and to unreached language groups. And so that is now what I'm going to be doing. It's really exciting. I'm with Radius Asia, which is a campus of Radius International. And the campus is in Taiwan. And so that, that's what I'm doing. And so the, the ministry... Right now, even when I get to Taiwan, the ministry is online, so my students aren't in Taiwan. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're hoping and and we're moving towards doing in-person instruction as well, um, missionary training. And so, yeah, I would really appreciate you guys' prayers. Um, it's really exciting. Um, and so, yeah, let's see. So right now I'm actually preparing curriculum to be able to teach linguistics and teaching phonetics, which I just— really enjoy you know my parents Tim and Sharon Simmons Tim also um, teaches linguistics so you guys might be familiar with that Um, and so yeah just really would appreciate your prayers as I'm preparing curriculum and hoping to get to Taiwan eventually I'm applying for the visa right now and um, yeah and I'm at 83% support and thank you guys so much for supporting me as a church really appreciate that and so thank you guys so much. Um, if I left out any details, <laughs> let me know. I'm not great with details. No problem.
2: <laughs> Restricted Access Missionary, uh, Restricted Access Nation, we appreciate that. Uh, rem- if you remind me, I'll give you another check.
1: Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll-, I'll
0: Will I'll you I'll remember just, that? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it. Okay, that. all right.
2: <laughs> I'll just drop the mic. So. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. God bless you. Yeah, her mom and dad uh, ministered through Radius right in Tijuana. It's a cross-cultural uh, experience, training to go to people of other cultures. I think, uh, I think, you know, 40 or 50 years ago, maybe more than that, we just kind of assumed, you know, God called me to be a missionary. I'm going to go to whatever field, and we're going to make them conform to what our concept of Christianity was was all about. Now, doctrines we need to... Be straight on, but cultural um, differences we need to be respectful of, and we don't just automatically expect someone from a whole other culture to become American. That's not what the gospel is all about. The gospel is about becoming a a born again, totally committed Christian child of God. So I appreciate what uh, Sarah does, appreciate what her mom and dad do, and appreciate what Radius does too. So we're we're excited to be part of that. So uh, I was supposed to remember something. Oh, yeah, check. So, yeah, remind me. (laughs) Okay, let's stand together.
0: Please stand with us.
2: perfect song to end the worship service on. Thank you so much for that. Uh, let's do this first. Let's have the boys and girls come down here. for Boys and girls from First Baptist Church, come on down for just a little short lesson, and everybody else can be seated. We're glad to have our boys and girls here because this is the church, part of the church. We're a family, a family of God, and families have kiddos, and so we've got all these kids here, and I am so glad that they're here today. Okay, boys and girls, how many of you have Bibles? How many of you have Bibles? Okay, at home maybe, or wherever, maybe here, okay. How many of you read your Bibles? Okay, it's important because we learn a lot of good lessons about life and how to act and what to say and and what to do. Uh, And I was reading Matthew 21. In Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 21 the other day, You know what? I've read that probably a 100 times, probably more than that, but probably a 100 times, and yet when I read this, I found something I'd never seen before. In verse 15, it says, and when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, these religious leaders were really not pleased because the boys and girls... Boys and girls, not all the preachers, not all the missionaries, not all the adults, not all the old people like 45 years old and older, not all of them. The boys and girls were singing Hosanna to the son of David. And what the Bible means when it says the word Hosanna is, Lord, save us. And when the kids said, Lord, save us, the religious leaders told Jesus, tell them to shut up, tell them to be quiet. They shouldn't be doing that. But Jesus didn't correct them. And in fact, I found out in Psalm 8:2, it says, haven't you ever read the scriptures? You have taught children and infants. Are you listening, adults? You have taught children and infants to give you praise. I never, see, I never put those two together before. So boys and girls, even nursing babies, who can't even speak, gave glory to God somehow. I don't know how to explain it, but it's what the Bible says. And because the Bible says it, I believe it. So listen, if babies who can't even talk yet can give praise to Jesus, how much more can you boys and girls give praise to Jesus at home, in school, at play? Other people may curse his name, but you need to praise his name. How many of you can say, Jesus, save me? Can you say that? Jesus, save me? Hosanna. Can you say Hosanna? Hosanna. Yeah, Hosanna. That means Jesus save us. That's what the kids did. And if I'm reading it right, that's even what the infants did. I don't know how to explain it. I've never seen it before. But it didn't just suddenly appear in my Bible. It's been there the whole time. I just discovered. And that's what happens when you read the Bible every time, every day. You see things that are, that are there that you haven't ever seen before. And it's really, really cool. So can I pray for you boys and girls? That'd be okay? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for these boys and girls and pray your blessings upon them. And Father, we pray that they would know how to praise your name by their words, by their actions, and by their thoughts. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you. Go ahead and go to your classes. There is no middle school class today because it's not the first or third Sunday, but there will be the next week, the Lord willing. I need to call these people to the front uh, because we have baptismal certificates from the other day. Isaiah, Emma, Mora, I think I pronounced all those names right. Is Isaiah here? Nope. Okay. How about Christopher Charles? Right here? Well, come on right up here. All right. Just take this and stand right here. We're glad to have been able to see you get baptized here last week? Brent Lee. Brent, come on down, buddy. And is Natalia here? Natalia Rodriguez, is she here this week? Okay. I think I have one more. Tyler Douglas Doc Stater. Tyler Douglas, where are you? And I thought his name was Bo. So that's what I know. There you go, my friend. Let's give him a hand for following the Lord and leaving baptism. God bless you guys. Thank you very much. You can go ahead and be seated. All right, today we want to do a study of the names, uh, kind of a review, I guess. Uh, I I don't know about you, but I found myself kind of remembering the names and thinking, wait a minute, what did that one mean and what did that? Because I think we've studied 18 different Old Testament names of God so far in the study, maybe more than that, but at least 18. So um, I I wanted to review and refresh before we move on to the New Testament names and titles of God, which I'm planning on doing in September. Uh, So I will ask 12 questions and then I will answer them from a name that we've already discovered and and studied as the name of God. When the Jews met or parted, their salutation was often God bless you, kind of like ours. I always say God bless you to people when they sneeze, we say, God bless you. Uh, when we're we just talking to them, God bless you. It's not the same as the southern phrase, well, bless your little heart. That's not the same. <laughs> be careful when someone says to you, bless your little heart. Uh, anyhow, uh, so God bless you. This would be a great salutation for us today. Psalm 129.8 says, the blessings of Jehovah be upon you. We bless your name, the name of Jehovah. And Jehovah was used over 6,000 times in the Old Testament, 6,823 times. I didn't count it. Somebody else did. I trust them. It has the idea of the self-existent Jehovah, the self-existent God, the all-powerful God. It is the covenant name of God, you'll remember, uh, linking us by way of, uh, of this covenant. It is a tetragrammaton, uh, with the four letters, Y, uh, H, W, H. Uh, without vowels, uh, four consonants, unpronounceable name of God uh, that we've added letters to in order to say a name, and that name is Jehovah. Uh, And this tetragamaton uh, has the idea of breathing in and exhaling so that we are actually proclaiming the glory of God by inhaling and exhaling. We give praise to God's name. So, my desire is God would use this message on his names to minister to every single one of us. And uh, so we ask the, these 12 questions. First one is Have you experienced poverty? Have you experienced poverty? Now, people who don't live here think, Oh, not in Coronado. There's a city ordinance against poverty in Coronado. You cannot be poor and drive through or walk through Coronado. Well, uh, poverty is something that I've experienced. Uh, Back um, when I was growing up, Pat and I both came from uh, materially very poor families, rich in a lot of other ways, and if you have to have a choice, I'm going to tell you right now, being rich in in family relationships is much better than being rich in monetary means and ways. Our grandparents were farmers. My granddad lived on a farm in Horse Branch, Kentucky. That's the real name, Horse Branch, Kentucky. He had two mules, uh, and one of them was Joe, and one of them was Old Red and we would get out and plow with a hand plow before he got his tractor. Um, They didn't have electricity. The road was not paved. If you wanted to make a phone call, you had to hike into town, and there was a general store, and you could make a phone call there. Um, Pat's grandparents, um, well, well, my grandparents grew uh, um, tobacco uh, on my dad's side. Um, Her family were cotton pickers, (laughs) <laughs> they picked cotton, uh, and uh, they worked, at, also her granddad worked on the railroad, uh, as did my granddad for a while, and my dad. Pat's dad was a soldier in the United States Army, went in, what year did he go in? During the Second World War? Before the Second World War, uh, and I, I, what he, at the height, or whatever, he made how much? less than $300 a month uh, in the military back in those days. Um, Her mom worked for Woolworths. You remember the five and dime stores? And uh, my dad was a carpenter in the Chicago area. So every winter, uh, the ground would freeze. It would get super cold and they would quit building uh, houses and they would quit breaking ground. And so he would be laid off for months at a time. We lived in a, uh, my family lived in a house that I was, I'm ashamed to say it now, but I was ashamed of it Back then, I had a lot of friends who were doctors' um, kids or dentist kids or lawyers' kids or whatever who lived in a pretty ritzy part of that, that area called Lincolnshire, Illinois. Uh, and I, I lived in Crete, uh, not on the island of, but uh, actually in Crete, Illinois. And our house was probably built in the middle 1800s and the floors would kind of they were like this. You'd put a ball down and you never knew which way it was gonna roll. You didn't have to you didn't have to roll it, it would just roll by itself because it wasn't level. We had a basement with dirt floors. We had I'm just telling you all this to say we didn't have very much. My mom was a bookkeeper. When Pat and I got married, I was making two dollars and five cents an hour before taxes. Yeah. And she was making a dollar sixty-five an hour before taxes. Oh, by the way, we tithe. And gave to missions the whole time before we were married, and after we got married, and we've continued all these time, all these years later, we still do it today. So, how many meals did we miss? None. How many days were we homeless? None. All because Jehovah Jireh is true. Jehovah provides. God provides. The Lord will provide. And Abraham, he he said to Abraham, he called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh when the ram was given to him and and offered up as a sacrifice in the place of his son Isaac. And so Jehovah-Jireh, God provided for us. God will provide for you. I don't have a problem saying to you, you put God first, he will take care of you. I don't always know what's going to happen. I don't always know what's going to happen when I... uh, Decisions that I make, how they're going to turn out, but I, I do know this: God will provide, and God will take care of me. Here, have you ever been ill? Well, we all have at some point or another. We live in a broken world. We're on a very sick planet. Now we have COVID one hundred and twenty-six going on. Uh, you know, it used to be COVID nineteen. Now we've on down the road. We have pestilence. We have accidents. We have um, war. We have the environment polluted. All those things contribute to our ailments, and our illnesses do not, uh, do not compare to a lot of people's. I know some of you have, you have cancer, or you've had heart attacks, or you've had strokes, and you're recovering from that, but we've all had some measure of illness, and if you're here today, and, and you are, then, then it's because of Jehovah Rophe, the Lord who heals, God is the ultimate healer of any disease and sickness and illness and injury that there is. He is the ultimate healer. Number three, have you been in a battle? Maybe you've noticed this world's not our home. We're just passing through. We have our citizenship in heaven. The world crucified our Savior. Why do you think the world would befriend you and me when they crucified our Lord? Should we be surprised when we're persecuted? Maybe we should be surprised when we're not. Why would the world befriend us? Are you ever judged unfairly? Are you treated unfairly, treated poorly at work, at play, wherever you might be? We're no match for the enemies uh, that that are out there, least of all Satan. But always remember this, Jehovah Nissi promises us that he is our banner. The rod of God is our protector. The rod of God is over us. Moses said to Joshua, choose out men and go fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand, speaking of his power and his might. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. And it was the very rod of God. Number four, have you ever been tempted to sin? I remember one time, one time I I met somebody and I was talking to him and I I tried to. I was witnessing to him, and I said, "You know, all of sin comes short of the glory of God." They said, "Well, I haven't sinned. You just did." The Bible says, "If you if you say you're without sin, you're a liar." No, she she said, "I haven't sinned in seven years. It's always seven, isn't it? <laughs> it's always <seven. clears throat> the number of completion. I haven't sinned in seven years. Well, you just did it for a second time." Uh, have you, what a foolish question. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I was reading it. I'm going to probably develop it into a bulletin article soon, but I was reading something yesterday or today uh, that talked about the fact, do we have to sin? A- and I'm going to investigate this a little bit because, you know, we're all sinners, we're all corrupt, but God tells us not to sin. Does he ever tell us or command us to do something that we can't do? I don't know that he has. So we don't have to sin but we choose to sin. So you know what? We could be a lot holier than we are now, a lot more sinless than we are now. But the ultimate sanctification will take place when we're in heaven. That's when we will not sin anymore. Our life experience confirms the fact that we're sinners. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Though we are so prone, we do not have to give in to temptation because Jehovah Makedesh, is the Lord who sanctifies. In Leviticus 20 verse 8, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. In James chapter 4 verse 7, resist the devil. Here's how you deal with him. Resist the devil. Don't, don't, don't decide you're going to take him on. I want to cast out the devil. Don't come to me wanting an exorcism. I'm not a devil caster outer. There is a devil caster outer. His name is Jesus. But um, if you come full of the devil, I'm liable to go the other way. Uh, so, But... Here, here's, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And, and by the way, the next part of that verse is draw near unto God, or nigh. Draw near unto God, and he will what? Draw near unto you. So we resist the devil, and he'll flee. We draw near to God, and he draws near to us. And in Leviticus 20, verse 8, it says, uh, I am the Lord. Who sanctifies Jehovah M Kedesh? I am the Lord who sanctifies you, and uh, and we need to do more drawing close to the Lord. Follow Christ's example in Hebrews 4:15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know, Christ is our high priest. Uh, Some would say, well, he could never have sinned because he's the Son of God. And you know, he is the Son of God, and he is perfect. But the temptation was legitimate. Had he uh, received worship? Had he uh, had the devil promote him? Had he cast himself from the temple and, and tempting God? Had he done those things? It's all hypothetical. He didn't. But had he done those things, uh, then he would have been guilty of sin. But he can So he cannot be touched with the feelings of, of our infirmities. He he was touched by those feelings of infirmities. He was tempted, but in all points tempted like as we are. Yet. Without sin, he never one time gave in. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Number five, has trouble overtaken you? You ever feel like you just, you're drowning in trouble? You ever feel like, yes, the whole thing is, well, these things come in threes. Why don't they come in sevens? I don't know. These things coming through, boy, this is awful. I just can't wait. I, I can't wait. We've had two of them happen. Now I can't wait till the third one. Well, you're a self-fulfilling prophecy if you're looking for all the crummy things that can happen to you. But I know there are times when we when we are overwhelmed, and I, I don't know that everybody has this problem, but uh, I will be one to say I have this problem. There are restless nights. There are times when anxieties uh kind of work themselves to the surface I I, I remember the first person that ever talked to me about anxiety attacks I think I was 26 and this person was talking about uh, I I said snap out of it what's the matter with you stop it it's like that was my therapeutic help for (laughs) you know they're kind of like it just increased their anxiety a little bit Uh, but but I know what that's like now. I know what that's like and, and, and worries. And, and I know it's a sin to worry. But sometimes situations seem overwhelming. Sometimes we don't see a way out. Sometimes we have no idea how God's going to turn things around. And we're, in fact, sometimes afraid that he's not going to turn things around. Our, and yet our God is Jehovah Shalom. He is God, our peace. Judges 6, 24, the Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Jesus said these words, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So you see, when we get afraid, fearful, anxious, we're we're sinning and doing that. God's either sovereign, all-powerful, and trustworthy, or he's not. And I think that he is, and we all agree that he is in our moments, why is it worse at night? Why is it worse at like 2 o'clock in the morning than it is right now? Right now, I'm like, I'm not worried. God's got it all. Everything's okay. You Let's go. Charge hell with a squirt gun type thing. We're ready to go. 2 o'clock in the morning, my peace I leave with you says. Number six, do we gather with the saints? Yeah, you are. You're gathering with the saints right now. If so, it's not only to meet friends and family and be with people and hang out. It's also because we belong to Jehovah uh, Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. He is the absolute Lord of his church. He is absolute Lord of his angelic hosts. He is absolute Lord of the heavenly hosts. He is absolute Lord over all animal hosts. He is the absolute Lord over all human beings, and he is the Lord even of satanic hosts. And that's why one day he's going to bind Satan and put him in the pit and command all the fallen angels to be there forevermore, and hell will be emptied into the lake of fire, and they will not be around to torment us anymore, and we will be with our God and our Savior for all of eternity. What are you going to do when you go to heaven forever? I don't know, but I'm not going to be sitting around in a cloud playing a harp, I don't think. That sounds very boring. But if God wants me to sit around on a harp and play, and I sit, uh, if He wants me to sit on a harp, I will and play a cloud. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever God wants is okay with me. O Lord of heaven's armies, you make righteous judgments. And Hebrews says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day coming. And then Jesus clarified it even. Uh, more so when he says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Number seven, are we ever tempted to wander? Have you ever chosen the wrong path? Ah, yeah. Today? Not so much today yet, but today is young. Are we tempted to wander? Have we been in our profession, in our passion for life, in our passion for the things of God, uh, you, these guys who are baptized right now, that's, that's an important step in your spiritual life, to be able to, to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, to identify with him publicly, and to begin making that move as, uh, and, and to become disciple, to become a, a real disciple and follower, fully developed follower of, of Jesus Christ. But you know what I've seen in my 50-some years too many times? What I call alka Christians. They go down into the baptistry and they fizzle and they're gone. Yeah. It's got a lot of a lot of bubbles, and all of a sudden, where did so-and-so go? They made a profession of faith. They started coming. They, things seemed like, I thought they were serious about what they did, but nothing there. They're gone. Alchemist are Christians. Well, thankfully, we have Jehovah Rohai. The Lord is our shepherd. We get on the wrong path, he can put us back on the right path. He can gently guide us to the right path. I love it when God gently guides us, don't you? He's gently, and we get back right with God and everything's okay. But let me tell you something, an aspect of this that you may not know, probably many of you do know it, but when the shepherd had a lamb that would wander all the time, Out of concern for that sheep's, that lamb's safety, the shepherd would sometimes break the leg of the lamb. You say, what? Shepherd would break the leg of the lamb. You know why? Because then the shepherd would carry it. And it would carry it while the leg healed. And that trained the little lamb to stay closer to the shepherd when the leg was healed. And it was out of love and concern for the lamb, not to torment it, not to hurt it, not to be mean, not to be vindictive, but so that the little lamb would learn a lesson because if it was out there by itself, it was vulnerable to the prey, vulnerable to lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. God can gently guide us back, or if we just won't hear him, he can shout really loud. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in the paths of what? Righteousness, for his name's sake. Number eight, are our eyes earthbound? Are we so occupied with what's around us that we fail to see God? Does our hope diminish day by day in the craziness of this world? Okay, every election It's like, we have the worst president in the whole world. Every election. I don't care, Republican, Democrat. I don't care who it is. Every election. We have the worst president in the history of the United States of America. But let me tell you something. We have the craziest society we have ever had in the history of this preacher's life. It's out of control. It's, it's morally insane. It's, it's, it's become deficient in any kind of... Uh, IQ level. It, it, it's like if there's a negative IQ level, we've got it in our society today. It's crazy. Just absolutely insane. And you know why? Because when you get away from the holy standard, when you get away from what is right and wrong, the standard of what's right and wrong, when you get away from God being in your families and God being in your government and God being in your schools and God being in your play and God being in it, when you get away from that worldview, that Christian worldview, then anything's game and everything's game. And what you have is you have the enemies of the gospel from all these different uh, extremist groups getting together and you have a mess. And that's what we have today. Well, the answer is Jehovah Helion, the Lord Most High. When you get concerned about the craziness, look up. Because there's a God in heaven who's going to come back one of these days. Wouldn't it be cool to be looking up when he came back? Whoa, what is that? well, that's Jesus. Cool. Ready to go. Take off. Genesis 14, 18. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth wine and bread, and he was the priest of the most high God. There is no other God as high. In fact, there is no other God, but there is no other God as high as the most high God for sure. Number nine, do we ever act self-righteous? Because this action is the next door relative of pride. And it will lead us to judgment. Remember what Isaiah said about our righteousness and Isaiah 64, 6, our good works, our good deeds, the things that we, helping little old ladies across the street, which now at my age, I have people helping me across the street. Don't really like that, but it's it's just the way it is, but anything that we count as being a good works and something that is worthy of righteousness that we have done on our own. Isaiah said, we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And what that meant and what that means is, is that it's, a, it's vile and useless and good for nothing but to be thrown away. Good for absolutely nothing but to be thrown away so is there no hope if we can't work out our own righteousness is there no hope and there is in jehovah Sidkenu, the lord our righteousness he is my righteousness he is the one that when when the father looks at at jim base he looks through the filter of the shed blood of jesus christ and he sees his righteousness in my life because jesus did what i can't do Number 10, are we ever vengeful? Have you ever said, I don't get even, I get ahead? That might have been your philosophy before you got saved, but afterwards it ought to change. Our God is Jehovah Gamalah. The Lord is our recompense. It is up to God to settle the debt. It is up to God to take revenge. It's up to God to work all that out. To me belongs vengeance and recompense. God said, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, and in Romans chapter 12, verse 17 in the New Testament, recompense or pay payback to no man, evil for evil. And you remember the old thing, I don't, years ago, they used to talk about sweeping the dirt under the carpet, you know, lift up the carpet, sweep it under. If you, if you do that long enough, you're gonna get a bumpy carpet, right? And if you if you're gonna try to fix it by, uh, they, were, they were mean to me, and so there's a pile of meanness, and now I'm going to be mean to them. You got a bigger pile of meanness. And that's not going to fix anything. It's not going to solve anything. So let God take care of it. He does a much better job, and don't rejoice. The Bible warns us about this. Don't rejoice when God starts to bring down judgment upon them for whatever it is that they did, but rather be there as an help and help, a helper to them in their time of need. Number 11, Do we hold on to unconfessed sin? And next week, we're gonna, the Lord willing, have holy communion. And one of the most precious truths in the word of God, I think, is the fact that we can judge sin in our own lives so God doesn't have to. I fear God. Oh, you believe in a God you gotta be afraid of? Yes. I love him. He loves me. I fear him. There were times I feared my dad. I love him. Still do. Never called him the old man. That's because I was afraid of him. God's not the old man upstairs. God's omnipotent. So I have a fear of God, a respect of for God. Uh, but in, in the examining of our own hearts, we have the privilege of and the opportunity provided by God to judge sin in our own lives and say, "Lord, that was a wrong thing I said. That was a wrong thing I did. Forgive me for that," and, and making it right as much as is possible, if we possibly can. To hold on to it is a foolish thing to do, because the Lord rewards good, but the Lord also rewards evil. He is Jehovah Maka, the Lord who smites. In Ezekiel 7, 9, I will recompense thee according to thy ways and thy abominations that are in the midst of thee and you shall know that I am the Lord that smites. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteous. Last point, okay? Do we ever wonder where God is? Whole books are written, several of them, on the silence of God. That phenomenon of Seemingly, God being absent when we're in deep waters, when we cry out to him, and when we thought he would be near, and we thought he would meet our needs, and and it seems like the the skies turn to brass, is something commonly said. It's particularly bad if we're by ourselves, and there's no other family or friends close by to commiserate with us, and often people would voice this concern. They will say something like, if there really was a God, then this wouldn't happen. Or if God really hears prayer and answers prayer, then this would have happened. But again, folks, we live in a very broken world. It's good to know that. This week, I was on the bridge with someone just after they had jumped uh, with the police. It, how bad is it to get so hopeless that you think there's no other answer but to take your own life? As long as we have breath, there's hope, folks. As long as we can breathe, there's hope. But the world's broken, and people are not programmed only to do right. Thus, we suffer for bad decisions that others make, like Adam, and that we make. We suffer for those bad decisions. But I want you to know that though you might not see him, though you might not hear his voice, though you might not feel him, he is there. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Ezekiel 48, 35, the name of the city from that day on shall be the Lord is there. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Salah. And that word Salah means to reflect on that. Think about that. Exalt God, praise him for who who he is because of that. And Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So as we seek to live and walk and worship and serve and fellowship with our God, he is our peace, he is our joy, he is our comfort, he is our strength, he is our blessing and so much more. And he is the one who is and was and always will be like they sang about this morning. And he can be with us. He indwells us when we're born again. That's as close as anyone can get. Jehovah, his counsel, it standeth eternal. The thoughts of his are ever the same. Oh, blessed the people whose God is Jehovah, the people he doth for his heritage claim. Are you one that he claims? Does he claim you because you have turned to him in believing faith? You can, if you haven't. Would you bow your heads with me? Father in heaven, thank you for being So many things to us. Thank you for being everything that's worthwhile, everything that's eternal, everything that means anything at all. Thank you, God, for being there for us. Thank you for being the God that you are. Lord bless us. God help us to trust you. And I I pray that if there's anybody here that's not sure of their relationship to Christ, they're not sure their sins are all forgiven, they're not sure if they died right now, they would be in heaven for eternity then, Lord, may they turn to you right now in simple faith, claiming Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. With every head bowed, if that's you I just described, I want you to trust Christ as your Lord and Savior. Whether you ever come back to First Baptist Church or not, I want to see you in heaven one day. So how can you do that? You can pray something like this and you can mean it with all your heart. You can say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that. Christ is your son. I believe those things by faith. I believe that he died and rose again. I want to put my eternal faith in him, in your eternal son. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my savior right now in this place at this time. With every head bowed, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand just for a moment? Just for a moment so I can see if you just prayed that prayer. God bless you. Father, I pray your blessings upon each one of us, Lord, that we might be encouraged by your names that explain a myriad of relationships that you have with us, and they're all good. Thank you, God, for your mercy and grace and love. Be with us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? And as, we, as our praise team sings, if you would like to come and have prayer for something, the need that you have, if you want to come and find out how to become a member, how to become baptized, how to become a born-again child of God, whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is God's leading you to do, I'll meet you right down here in the front. You just come and let me know. As they're singing, step right out. On the first verse, don't wait three or four verses. We may not sing that long. Come right now and do what God would have you to do. Sing one more verse, and it's still time for you to come forward if God's leading you. Just pray that prayer and ask the Lord to come to your heart. You want to know more about it or what you do next? Then the blue plastic bags uh, on this table by the sound booth, there's there for you. Take one of those and uh, read. If you, if I can follow up with it, if I can answer any questions for you, I'd be glad to. Let's be dismissed in order of prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we're so grateful and thankful for the day that you've given to us. So we're so grateful that you are such an incredible God in every way imaginable. We thank you for being who you are. Bless this crowd of individuals, Lord. Bless them as we uh, go our separate ways. And may you be glorified in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you. God bless you, man. Good, good to have you here today. Thanks for coming.
0: All to Jesus.